What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats, where we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We are one week away from the trade deadline, so we're going to talk top five players that I think are going to be traded and where they are going to go. Also, have a really good honesty hour. Alex and I, we're getting in the trust tree. We got something good to talk about today. Also, would you rather our new game? Twitter questions. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. Happy Tuesday, my friends. Happy Tuesday, Alex. Thank it's a great you. day. It's a great week because I think we're on the cusp of a lot of things that are about to start happening in baseball. Yeah, it's one week. It's about to go down. I yeah. mean, we're we've been on Shohei Otani watch, but now we're really on Otani watch and then every other player that might be moving in the next week. Like we're yeah. one week away. I still I still don't foresee it happening with Shohei. I don't. I don't. Should it? Maybe. Do I see it happening? I don't. We'll dive deeper into that in our second show that comes out today. We got a, we got a we're lot. Gonna, yeah. Oh yeah, we got this week in Otani news coming up later today. Uh, Justin starts against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium tonight. So Ooh. a lot of a lot of good things happen. You feeling good about it? Yeah, I mean he's been great. Two under a two point five ERA in his last nine starts. Like yeah, we said he's back. Two right? months. Last two months, two five ERA. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's slider back. looked great. Yeah, well, you've actually asked me that twice. I think over the last month, and my first time, if you remember, hey. I was a little hesitant. Yeah. And then there was one start in there that I was right to be a little hesitant. Yep. The last start, it was it was bad. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure I text but you. But don't quote me if something doesn't go. I'm just going to make sure I text you during the game. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's going to happen. <sighs> okay. But we are a week away from the trade deadline. So we got to talk. We got to talk some deadline predictions here. Okay. Yep. We're going to go through top five players most likely to get traded. Again, we don't know for sure, but we're just going to go through. Or do we? Maybe. <laughs> hey, a little insider info right there. Okay. I'm going to give you a player. You tell me where you think they're going to go. Deal. Okay. We're going to start with Cody Bellinger. Ooh. Where is he going? Dodger, great. Cub legend, <laughs> Cody Bellinger, who's, by the way, so back. I know. What a year he's having. I mean, he's back. He's, I mean, he's not back to MVP level with like power wise, but hitting over 300. I mean, I think 14, 15 bombs. He's he's going to be a big pickup for somebody if he does indeed get traded. And you know who I think does it? You, th you know who I think pulls no. the trigger? I think the Yankees. Ooh. And the more I was thinking about this, I could see the Yankees being the perfect long-term fit for Cody Bellinger. So I think they trade for him okay. in his, he's on a one-year deal and he's done more than I think what the Cubs could have even imagined. I mean, they paid him like he was somewhere in between that MVP player yeah. and the player he's been the last few years. And he's been closer to that MVP player. I mean, since June 24th, he's batting 446 with an OPS over 1100. 
I mean, he's on fire. I think the Yankees get it done. I don't think the Yankees go as big. You know, there was that rumor out there about the Yankees and Shohei. I don't think that happens. Mm -mm. But I could see them going after a guy like Bellinger, who I do think is a good long-term fit there for the Yankees. Uh, You know, in center field for now and until their top prospect, Jason Dominguez, comes along, then you can move him and he has the flexibility of playing first base, uh, can play outfield. Obviously, can DH whenever. Great defender, though. I think he's a really good fit for that lineup. And the the important part here with the Yankees is they have to keep playing well. It's been bad. They play well against the Royals. So they're still obviously within reach. You get Aaron Judge back. Mm-hmm. You add Bellinger. That's the offensive bat that this team was so desperately missing. We talked so much this year about how, yeah, it's great the Yankees added Carlos Rodon, but how much different is their lineup? Cody Bellinger makes the lineup very different. I could see that happening. I also think that his his vibe is going to work in New York. Obviously, here in L.A., Hollywood did great. He understands big market, big media. I like it. Yeah. I like that. We'll see. All around. Okay, let's move on to our... Next player, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, uh, one of probably quite a few White Sox that's going to get moved. If I had to, if I had to say, right, they're going to like clear house, right? They should. They should. <laughs> they should. Who the hell knows what that organization is <laughs> going to do? Though they always keep you on your toes, and not in a good way. You're just always wondering, Ooh. what are they going to do? Are we going to go from bad to worse, or what are we going to do? Yes, uh, you, you got a pitcher. In a market where pitchers are going to be heavily coveted Mm -hmm. and there's not a ton of top tier pitchers out there. So what's going to happen is a lot of teams, or at least some, will be willing to overpay to get what they need to for this year. And I'm not saying this team is going to overpay. I just think the pitcher market is is interesting this year because you do have a lot of teams out there that are really good that are just missing pitching, but there's not a ton out there, but they're going to be be willing to give up a good bit to get it because it puts them over the top this year. One of those teams, in my opinion, is where I think Lance Lynn lands, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have two really good pitchers right now, a rest of the rotation that is not very good. You have Zach Allen, you have Merrill Kelly, and then a big drop-off. And a Lance Lynn type of veteran arm that's pitched in big games Obviously, not great this year. Not great. However, his numbers, his advanced analytics, all is there. Everything is, Lance Lynn has been Lance Lynn for, we we know what he is. He's going to throw a lot of fastballs. They're all going to move in different directions. They'll be straight. They'll cut. They'll sink. He does everything with his fastball. He knows how to get outs, and he knows how to get outs in big games, and he knows how to eat innings. And a Diamondbacks team desperately could use that veteran starter in the rotation to go with that really, really young team. I like that. Well, let's stay with another White Sox pitcher. As you mentioned, they might be offloading quite a bit here. Lucas Giolito. They might be offloading quite a bit, and they should, because you have these arms, like Len, like Giolito, that you should be able to get some pretty good returns for. You're not going to be getting, you know, two top three prospects in an organization, but uh, guys that could that could certainly help your organization win in, in the future, and I think they should do that, and Giolito is one of them. 
Uh, I think Lucas Giolito goes to the Orioles Ooh. is my prediction. Another team, very young, offensively is there and ready. Pitching-wise, needs some help. I think Giolito is a great fit there. Uh, this is a fit, and obviously, like you said at the beginning of this, Alex, who, who, knows? who knows? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but this is a fit that I've felt like for a while now. When the when the White Sox got off to that tough start and you first start having the first inklings of trade discussions. And for me, my head starts having those conversations in early June. And I'm dumb for doing that. But, you know, in early June, I'm thinking, you know, Giolito could be a perfect fit for this Orioles team. So I'll say Giolito to the Orioles. I like it. Okay, we're going to stay with, uh, with the arms because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of teams that need pitching. So our next pitcher, Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, so I think Eduardo Rodriguez, this, this one in particular is a little bit different because he is under control for longer. He does have an opt-out mm. after 2023, but the contract is for, I believe, three more years. Whereas when we're dealing with Giolito and Lance Lynn and those guys, it's different. So the, the return you're going to have to give isn't as steep, right? The Orioles who are, you know, good right now and ready to win now just need pitching. They won't have to give up a ton. And we heard them say actually this week that they're not going to give up a ton. Yep. With a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, I think he's a perfect fit for a team like the Cincinnati Reds. Ooh. who are just now starting to come into their own, right? Is this the year that the Reds believe they can get into the playoffs and win it all? I don't think so. But is the next three years, the next five years, do the, will the Reds be there for, for all of that? I really believe so. And having a guy that you can have under control and having the talent in the minor leagues that you are able to get a guy like this. They will have to give up a little bit more to get a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez. However, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to give up a good bit when you already have in that rotation, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Andrew Abbott. You could add this guy and have the perfect arm. I, I, I understand there's the opt-out there, but if he goes to Cincinnati... Where I mean, obviously, as a pitcher, it's not the most fun place to pitch in the world because the ball launches out of there. But the team, it's exciting. It's exciting. There's like they have the future. They have, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the most exciting young group of rookies on that team. And you can feel that they're really taking that next step. Don't you? You would think you want to be a part of something like that. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And I think that's why the Reds should be willing to give up a little bit more mm -hmm. to get a guy in and prove to him, hey, this is a place you want to be. Look how fun this is. Yeah. And then he's not going to exercise his opt-out. He wants to be there for three years and be a part of that team that obviously has Ellie and Matt McClain and Spencer Steer and Encarnacion Strand. And I mean, there's so much fun. Yeah. I think that's a great fit. I like that too. A lot of these um, arms where you see them going to are young teams. Yep. So that's, that's good. That's what you need. Yep. Okay. Very last, but not least, another arm. Talking a lot of pitchers here, possibly on the trade market. Marcus Stroman. Yeah, Marcus Stroman is the top arm available mm -hmm. at the deadline right now. And as you mentioned, a lot of pitchers, but that's often what we see yeah. is 
teams looking for one big arm to add, right? So pitchers are more often moved. Not that offensive guys aren't obviously Bellinger and there's some big offensive guys, but Stroman, I think is the biggest arm in at this trade deadline. And I believe that the Houston Astros are the perfect fit for him. Here's why. Okay. They, they have what it takes to go get him. And we've seen them do this in the past. We were just talking about this. How aggressive are the Astros going to be? I always think they're aggressive to the point of what makes us better in the ALCS and the World Series. They have the benefit of not thinking like a lot of these other teams do, these really young teams of, well, how much of our future do we sacrifice to benefit us right now? Well, the Astros are in the right now, right? And they still do have the benefit. I saw a stat recently over the last decade. It was a percentage of teams' draft picks that make it to the major leagues. And you can say what you want about the Houston Astros, and I understand why they aren't liked, and I I, I do get it. But the Astros are at the very top of that list. So... We can talk about what's made the Astros so good and we can make trash can jokes all we want. But when you look at it all the way down to its root, it's because they've drafted better than every other 29 teams in baseball. So we can be in the midst of this incredible run of the Houston Astros, yet they can still have pieces available that they're able to move and that other teams would like to have and able to add on to this core and able to potentially go in another World Series. And right now, Marcus Stroman is the perfect fit for that Astros team that is ready to win right now. And their concern at the trade deadline is going to be, what can we add to win that seven-game series in the ALCS? And what can we do to win the World Series? And I think that's the perfect fit that puts them over the top. So obviously, the Astros just think differently than every team. I think they have the benefit of thinking differently because they know they're going to get there. Mm -hmm. and, And this year, it might not. It might not be because of winning the division, but if I if I had to say right now, I would probably pick the Astros to win the division, but they just trust themselves in the playoffs. They know how good their core is. Mm-hmm. They know they can win in the playoffs. Of course they do. They just always go out and add that starting pitcher at the deadline that puts them over the top. I mean, let's say they get into a wild card. Let's say they get in that way. Who bets against, again, a team with Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Kyle Tucker, Jeremy Pena in the playoffs. You don't. You just need that extra arm that puts you over the top. And I think Stroman is that perfect fit. This is where the experience, yep. the confidence, the mindset, everything about a team who's been there so many times has the advantage over everybody else. Well, we heard it from a guy that who who could speak to this better than our new colleague, Derek Jeter, yep. who got there in the playoffs a million times. And he himself said that confidence in the playoffs, you can't mimic that. Mm -mm. And when he was asked recently who the team to beat in the American League is without hesitation, he said it's the Astros. They get into the playoffs and they know how to win in the playoffs. And his teams and those Yankees teams knew how to do that better than anybody for over for two decades plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. One week. week. 
Woo! You know, we say one week like it's close. Nothing's going to happen until the last 24 hours. Like That's Monday, how it always happens. Monday and yeah. like Tuesday morning, morning. it's going to go down. Yeah, right what, up the, until like the deadline. Literally what, what the cutoff time. Is it 3 p.m. Eastern, I, I think, think, is the deadline? I thought it was 2 Pacific, our time. Noon. Nooner. Noon our time, 3 okay. Eastern is yeah. the answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go down. Yeah. All right. Time to get in the trust tree. Oh, baby. Yep. This it's is time for honesty hour. Yep. What are we unloading today? Alex? Yeah. I struggle to see how you're going to disagree with this one. All right. Players, for the love of God, need to stop punching and kicking objects that should <laughs> not be punched and kicked. How many times uh, do we need to see players do something to injure themselves and be out for a long time? The newest member of this club that you don't want to be a part of is Jared Kelnick, who now has a broken foot due to kicking a water cooler after striking out in the ninth inning of a game against the Twins a couple of days ago. Now, look, he rightfully so. And, and and I don't I don't say this to to make fun of anybody. I I actually never I wasn't a big anger guy. Go in the dugout and slam things. But I've been around a million guys, and I I get it. And after the that next day when all of this came out, Jared Kelnick had to go out to the media and was moved to tears mm-hmm. during his discussion. It is clearly very emotional. But just don't kick a, don't kick a water cooler. That doesn't seem like the a, a smart thing to do. From the beginning, are you mad? Sure, but you have an object in your hands that could maybe hit the water cooler that that if it breaks, it's not the end of the world. But you go ahead and kick the water cooler and you fracture your foot and now you're out for a while. So what the angels have right down the stairs when you're going into the clubhouse from the dugout, they have a giant punching bag. Love that. And that's where you go to either swing your bat and hit it you can take a couple punches at it, but when your your body is your job, your hands are your job, your feet are your job, you have to keep your emotions in check. You have, you are paid millions of dollars to stay, like try to stay healthy. And it, again, people get injured every single day during the game, freak accidents, but you did this to yourself. It's like the ultimate karma to yourself. Yeah. It's horrible. And it's, it's not the first time. Nope. And it's not going to be the last time. Nope. Um, Oscar Enoa in 2021. Now, there's there's a lot. But uh, he specifically in 2021, because I thought the quote of what happened after from his manager with the Braves, Brian Snicker, said, and this year he, was, he had a 2-2-3 ERA going into start. He got rocked. It was his first bad start of the season. He comes out and he punched a padded dugout bench and he broke his hand. And Brian Snicker said, He's not the first and he won't be the last. There's probably no one who feels any worse than him too. Yeah. So there's that example. There's Devin Williams last year, right before the playoffs started. The Milwaukee Brewers clinched the NL Central against all odds because the Cardinals tanked and everything, or no, they they were trying to clinch a spot, but they ended up getting into the playoffs, right? And Devin Williams punched a wall when he had too much to drink and got mad about something on the ride home, punched a wall, and was out for the entire playoffs. I mean... I don't understand hitting things, because I didn't, but that everyone has their outlet, you know? 
And Jesus he just, Lizardo, he just, you, in 2021, he was playing video games, punched his desk, broke his pinky. <laughs> Phil Maton last year in the playoffs, broke his hand, punching a locker. Zach Plesak punched the back of the pitcher's mound, literally stepped off the pen, pitcher's mound, punched it, broke his hand. Yeah. Hunter Strickland in 2018 missed two months. Be smarter with your emotions. I just feel like, Alex, there are so many objects mm-hmm. that you could use. Yep. I remember one of the one Throw of the teams. One of the teams I played for, you walk down out out of the dugout, down the tunnel, up the up the stairs, and you get into the locker room. And at the end of the locker room, if you turn left, you walk in, but all the way down the end is the bathroom. Yeah. And there's bathroom stalls that you could actually see. And it's, but it's, it's a good bit down, probably 90 feet. Yeah. You walk into that bathroom, the very first stall, the one you can see from the end of the tunnel to go down to the dugout covered in dents from baseballs hitting it. Pitchers would just walk up there after an outing, grab a baseball and chuck it down there at the bathroom stall. That works. Throw things. And you know, it's not broken your hand. Yep. That seems like a smarter way to go about things. So honesty hour, stop punching and kicking things. Stop it. It's undefeated. You don't, you don't come out on top. You just don't use an object. Stop punching and kicking things. That is this week's Honesty Hour. All right, I am going to be honest again. I have no idea how this is going to go. Let's bring out producer Taylor for this segment. Would you rather, and fun fact about this, producer Taylor is the one that puts it all together and puts the players and all of their stats and puts together this game. So we're going to have some good conversations. And uh, Taylor, uh, thanks for... Hopping on out here, pal. Oh, you betcha. America's favorite producer back. America's sweetheart. <laughs> people been talking. Yeah, America's sweetheart, according to three people on Twitter, back in the big chair. Yep. We're going to run it down. So in case you weren't here last week, essentially this whole thing is a player comparison, player A, player B. I'm going to give Ben some stats, some awards. Based off of that, he's going to pick one. And then if he picks incorrectly, or maybe the person that we didn't think it was, we're going to talk about it. Just to be clear, there's no incorrect, or can I there, be there's no, There's no incorrect answer. But last week, we did one Hall of Famer, one non-Hall of Famer. Yeah. This week, could be zero Hall of Famers, could be one, and it could be both. Who knows? And I'm going to take the player I think had the better career. So, All are right. you ready? I am ready. All right. So, the first iteration we're doing is pitchers. Okay. Okay. We're not going to list all the stats for the audio folk, but for the visual folk, you'll have some more. So. Player A, 224 wins with a 3.48 ERA. Okay. Player B, 270 wins with a 3.68 ERA. Uh, and then player A, one Cy Young. Player B, zero Cy Youngs. Zero Cy Youngs. Yes. With 270 wins. That's a lot of wins for not a single Cy Young award. Some would say. Now. I do know one of my favorite baseball trivia questions is that Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young award, but he has way more than 271. A couple no hitters too. A lot of no hitters. Um, okay. I was, what's, what stands out to you? What, what's glaring? What's the 270 not? wins and a 3680 RA, I would probably, 
and strikeouts is pretty close. K per nine close as well. If you're, if you're watching, is it you weird that, that player A has almost 3000 Ks and such a low win total? Yeah. So to me, that says player A is going to be maybe a newer, like a more current player because they throw less innings. Uh, because I would, I would take, oh, that's a lot of strikeouts. I would take player B. Player B. Do you want to see the stats awards one more time? Yeah, let me see the awards one more time. Can we switch it? Six all-star player, games for so player, player B. So player B does have a higher war. I Here's what I think. I think player B pitched for a lot longer, is definitely older than player A, and I think the close to the same ERA with a lot more wins, I would take that player. I'd take player B. So you're taking player B. Any guesses before we reveal? No, my my best guess is that player B is a lot older okay, than player so A. Okay, so let's reveal. Player Mike B, Nucina. Mike Mussina, Hall of Famer. Player A, Zach Greinke. Wow. Zach what? Greinke's going to get to 3,000 strikeouts. Yeah, well, hopefully. You know, he's not exactly pawing up the strikeouts. Do you think Zach Greinke's a Hall of Famer? I mean, here's my thing, uh, which kind of like stood out to me for this, is that he's almost got 3,000 strikeouts, which is kind of like a marker for yeah. the Hall of Fame. Uh, he has a Cy Young. Mike Mussina does not. Mike Mussina also played for the Yankees. Yeah. Zach Greinke played for some decent teams, but again, for the most part of it, he's playing for Diamondbacks and the Royals, not picking up a lot of wins. So obviously he's not as close to 300 wins that like you'd yeah, like on for a Hall of Famer. Lot, a bad team for but a like, If you're telling career. me that Zach Greinke, if he's got six gold gloves, you're telling me that he has more strikeouts and a Cy Young. I just don't understand a world we live in where Zach Greinke is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you add on top of that that he absolutely rakes and there's a bunch of silver yeah, sluggers well, was, in there. I was going to throw that in there, but I was like, <laughs> I Mike Mussina, he's not I getting think, it. I, he, I think he's a Hall of Famer. And, but my worry is that the committee that votes for this, in case you haven't heard, uh, votes in a way that I feel like they're going to value wins heavily. Though I don't think they should. But you add into account that he's been on bad teams for the majority of his career. You look at those numbers. Zach Greinke's a Hall of Famer. I, I've, I've again another thing about that is I believe uh, Musina only finished in the top three of Cy Young once. He finished second, I believe. Whereas Greinke, obviously, he won his and he finished second. I believe 2015, uh, he lost to Jake Arrieta, and Greinke had a 1.66 ERA for the Dodgers, which was lower than Arrieta, <sighs> but Arrieta had like 20 plus wins. I will say I I don't feel bad about picking Mike Mussina, but if Mike Mussina is a Hall of Famer, yeah, then so is Zach Ranky. That that was the discussion I was trying to get to. Yep. But are you ready? Yeah, second one. Yep. All right. So this one's going to be second baseman. Second baseman. Second Ooh. baseman. Okay. All right. So here we go. Player A is a three oh one average, three hundred and thirty five tanks, fifty one stolen bases. Player B. 285 average, 282 home runs, 344 stolen bases. 344 stolen That's bases. A couple. Some would say slightly more than player A. All right. Ready for uh, awards? Yeah. Big one here. Player A, zero MVPs. Player B, one MVP. Another glaring thing is that they're both pretty high on the all-star games. Yeah, player B has 10 all-star games. Player A has eight. Let's go back to the stats. My my gut reaction, 285 for player B, 282 homers, 344 stolen bases. My, my initial thought 
was that this was going to be Joe Morgan, but he was on that big red machine team. Is this is player B Joe Morgan? No, I can tell you no, that because they won that world. They won. No. They won a world series and doesn't have one. Um, but that was my initial thought until we got over to the accolades. Player A hitting 301 for his career with 335 homers as a second baseman. I'll take player A. Player A. You don't want to see the the awards or anything one more time. The awards are pretty close. And player A has an MVP. Is that right? Uh, no, player B. MVP. Player B has the MVP. Okay. Player A won one World Series. Five Silver Sluggers, eight All-Star Games, two Gold Gloves. I think one of these. What's is, holding you up? I just, I think I just, I think I, I think one of these might be Ian Kinsler. Incorrect again. Okay. <laughs> Let's just get to the, I will take Player A's career. Player A. Player A. A lot less stolen bases, but I'll take Player Let's A. Let's reveal. Robinson Cano, wow. Player A. Wow. Player B, Ryan Sandberg. Okay, that brings up a whole other discussion. Yep. yep. So, that, <laughs> again, things are brought up. So, my main thing here for this one was essentially in the modern era of baseball, there are only six Hall of Famers that are second baseman, which is Alomar, Biggio, Carew, Morgan, Robinson, Sandberg. Okay. So, and Jeff Kent, again, the leader, all time leader in home runs. Not Jeff a Hall Kent of should be a Hall of Famer. I understand that Cano has some PD. Did you? <laughs> situation. Yeah, he does. A, do you think that Cano should be a Hall of Famer? And B, do you think the PEDs is just going to keep him out? Well, if you look at the numbers, if we're just going off of numbers, Robinson Cano is a Hall of Famer. Part B of your question, I do think it holds him out. If Barry Bonds isn't a Hall of Famer, then neither is Robinson Cano. Whole, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But again, I I've watched the show a little bit. You also <laughs> think that Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of yeah, Fame, greatest hitter of all time. Got it. So, do you think Robinson? Yes, Cano, yes. But you're saying that he won't. I'm saying if I had a vote, yes. he's in. But I but I don't have a vote, and the people that do have a vote, I don't think he's in. Yes. I mean, I was looking at these numbers and I was like, Robinson Cano has over 1,300 RBIs and he's pretty close to 3,000 hits. Do you happen to know off the top of your head how close he was in his career to an MVP? Was he ever top two or three? <sighs> I, think, I think he was top three once, to be honest. I do think that matters. I might be changing my but we, answer. But we can, we can both agree that we both think Robinson Cano is a Hall of Famer, but we can agree that he's not going to get voted in. I do think... When in terms of the Hall of Fame, if you're going to start talking Hall of Fame, I think you need to be the best at what you do at some point in time. And he never won an MVP award, which I do think matters. So off of your comments there, I want to go to the last one that we have. Okay. I'm on the fence about Cano. I'm on the fence. Okay. Numbers say yes, but the MVP holds me back a little. I'm on the fence there, but he doesn't get it. So based off of your comments saying that someone should be the best at their position. Yeah. We're going to the third oh boy. and final player, which is shortstops. Shortstops. Uh, all right, here we go. Player yeah. A hit 262, 28 home runs. Player B, 272 average, 80 home runs. We're now going to switch to 28 home runs with 2,500 hits. Talking shortstops. 
All right, now for the awards and a lot of gold gloves coming. A lot of gold player gloves. Player A, fifteen All Star games. Player B, <laughs> three All Star games. We will open up the discussion as soon as anything pops out to you. I have a couple things, but the main thing for me is that these two players, Player A, twelve gold gloves. Player B, eleven gold gloves. So because of the war, the war is far higher for Player A. Not a lot of home runs with a ton of gold gloves. I'm going to guess, again, the game isn't to guess who that is. I'm going to guess that's the wizard, Ozzie Smith. One of them is, yes. One of them is. Okay. Um, but Ozzie is in the Hall of Fame. Accurate. So I believe that's player A, is my guess. Would that be player? Is Ozzie Smith player B? Don't know. There's a lot of gold gloves on player B, too. Okay, yeah, let's stay on this page for a second. All the... Offensive accolades. I think that stands out for player B as stats. well. Very close to 3,000 hits. Yeah. 2,800, almost 2,900 hits. Also, player B has basically 200 more RBIs than player A. I just don't understand why the war is so low on player B. War is tricky. Player B's war is almost 30. I mean, Otani's war was. You so know. he didn't, he has his shorter career. Uh, they both played pretty long. One played, I believe, but, five more years longer. I mean, but the okay, this is interesting. the The big thing is all star games here. The discrepancy in fifteen all star games for player A and three for player B, though it looks like player A or player B was the better player for an amount of time. So but, what what player are we picking here? I mean, am I picking the better career or am I picking I'm, who is the I'm better player? I'm asking you, Ben Verlander, what player are you picking? If you had to pick out a lineup and these two guys... If I had were, to pick out a lineup and plug one in, I'm plugging in player B. Player B is your guy. Almost 3,000 hits, a great defender, a higher average, more hits, almost triple the amount of homers, just under 1,000 RBIs. I'll take player B. And my guess here is that it's a very, it's a short career. I don't know. I feel, yeah, I feel weird about what's about to happen. <laughs> what, you want to find out? Yeah. What All is right, it? let's reveal. Ozzy Smith, Ozzie player Smith. A, player B, Omar Vizquel. Yep. I had a sneaky feeling this was happening. So again, Omar Vizquel is tied for the sixth most gold gloves out of any position. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, and there's... I, there are some off the field issues yeah, that, that happened in 2020. Uh, I believe it's his sixth year this year. Uh, I believe he started out in 2019, 40, 43%. So he was on the ballot before anything came out off the yes. field and got 43% before any of that. And then the year that uh, allegations came out, 52%. And then since the allegations have come out, dropped. 49-23 so down not to 19 it. and a half. He's not getting So it. more than likely not going to make it. But again, what you brought up, one of the best, like when you're talking shortstops, yeah. in terms of best defensive shortstops, it's Ozzy and Omar. Yeah. I also, I, when I was in the Tigers organization, he was there. He was the first base coach for a while before he left to go coach in the White Sox organization. I want to just preface this statement with, this is regardless of everything that happened yes. off the field. Uh, okay. Every, everything off the field, not a part of this. I saw him do, he would, I mean, at the, at the time he was what in his fifties 
and was doing some of the coolest things. Yeah. Like you just watch him take infield. You watch him catch. He was doing that thing he's always done where he like doesn't catch. You hardly even see the ball, like touch his glove and get into his hand. Like you think defense, you think best defenders in baseball history and both of these names come up. Yeah, the, th- the thing for me when I when I wanted to do this one was a lot of the talk before the allegations came out was they ripped on him for not hitting enough for enough power or they ripped on him because he played too long. Yet Ozzie Smith is. Yeah, Ozzie Smith, I believe, t- played 19 years and Omar played 24. Also, how is it a knock that someone is, is getting brought down because they played 24 years? If you're able to start or play for a major league baseball yeah. team, after 24 years, I don't understand how that's a knock. Well, it goes Rick back Anderson to the, played for 25 years, folks, and no one rips on him for that. It goes back to the age-old question of can you play yourself out of the Hall of Fame? Like you get not, uh, and it seems like a lot of players do get knocked for just wanting to play longer. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I believe uh, one of his last years, 2010, maybe played for the White Sox. Shout out to producer Logan. Uh, he had like 280 in 100 games. Here's my question. Final question for you here. Yeah. Can we put the accolades back up in the war? Why? Okay. So Omar Vizquel played for five more years with better offensive stats, gold gloves about the same. Why is Omar Vizquel's war 30 points behind Ozzy Smith? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. You're also befuddled. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know if I want to open with that can of worms, but you know, Derek Jeter won a lot of gold gloves when he wasn't the best defensive shortstop. Um, But at the same time, I I don't understand the war. Yeah, but you're not getting point. You're not getting war added. You're not getting added war for winning the accolade of gold glove. I I don't understand them. Yeah. But in terms of the uh, all-star games, which is also crazy to me, I just think the him playing in Cleveland. And at that time you had, You had Nomar, you had Jeter, uh, you know, it's taken away an A-Rod. You're taking away a lot of all-star games. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not, you're not just running to 11 gold gloves for no reason. If I'm plugging one into my lineup, I think the better of these two offensively is Omar Vizquel. And I think defensively, they're both considered the best of all time up there in that conversation. I would take Omar Vizquel here. So out of all six players, you think all of them should be Hall of Famers except for Cano. Cano, you're kind of on the fence about. Uh, all six. Run back through those names real quick. It's uh, Grinky, Mussina. Both Hall of Famers, yes. Sandberg, Cano, Smith, Viscal. <sighs> but more than likely, Cano and Viscal are not making it. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they're not making it. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. Yeah, the one, the the most on the fence just by career. No, that's not true because he's the freaking wizard. Ozzy Smith yeah. is a Hall of Famer. They're all yeah. all six. All six had Hall of Fame careers. Yes, obviously some stuff that. Yes, we'll keep I, w- I would say la- last question on Vizquel. If allegations don't come out, Hall of Famer, he gets in. He he, you think he gets voted in? Yeah, because he got to fifty two point six. You think he makes that in extra twenty two? He was at fifty something. Yeah, yeah, I think he gets. In. He makes it in. Okay. So that's it. That's, that was good. That's where Producer Taylor. Uh, good work. I feel, st- I feel like I like this because it provides a good discourse, you know, like it brings about a good conversation be- with, with like, I honestly, I knew Robinson Cano had a, 
you asked me how good Robinson's Cano, Robinson Cano's career was, and I would say for a short period of time, he was the best at what he does. Those numbers are Hall of Fame numbers. I, I would have undervalued his career just in my mind a little bit from where he actually was. And I think that I think not knowing who it is and putting them side by side creates a good discussion. So thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. And that does it for who would you rather? <laughs> I'll get the hang of it after week two. That does it for would you rather? All right, it is Twitter questions time now. Alex is back, and Alex has all of the Twitter questions. I this believe. might actually be our last Twitter question segment because, right, Elon's changing the name. <laughs> are we going to keep calling I, it Twitter questions, or are we going to change the name of this? I'm still calling it Twitter. Didn't like Google <laughs> go through some? Didn't Google like technically like Alphabet or something? Now everybody still calls it Google. Oh, I don't. It it isn't Google. I think it. I think it's Google. It's like when Facebook went Meta. And it's like, it's still Facebook. You know what it's like? What? Twitter and tweeting has become a verb. It yeah. will forever. It's like- it's a tweet. It's like the difference between Uber and Lyft. Uber will for, like, I'm going to take an Uber, even Same. if you're taking a Lyft, because Uber became the first. verb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's like Twitter. Okay. Elon can try and change it <laughs> however much he pleases. <laughs> But it's Ben's, Ben's having a moment with uh, <laughs> with the Twitter name change. I just so but much let's change. Get to these TQs. Why are we changing everything? It's okay. I know change is scary and it's hard. We're here for you. It's going to be okay. 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 Let's get to it. Our first one is from Jack. Jack's question: You're batting in the final game of the World Series. Who would you rather face on the mound, Justin Verlander or Shohei Otani? <laughs> Can we just appreciate for one second? I like how you just called him Jack. This well, guy's. I was trying to keep it PG. This guy's Twitter handle listening. is Jack the Goff. Yeah. Which, you know. I wasn't trying to If you to start saying there, it real fast, you, Jack the Goff. I can't. I can't. I don't want to lose right, it. I got to keep it together. I got to keep it together. Uh, you're batting the final game of the World Series. Who would you rather face on the mound, Justin or Shohei Otani? Um, that answer's pretty simple for me. I was a big, like once I like facing guys that I've faced before, yeah. you know, and once you, once you have success off of somebody, it's a, and you hit a home run off of somebody and you hit a home run off of somebody. It's a good thing for your, your mentals heading into the at bat. And I am one for one in my career with a home run off of Justin. And this seems like the easy answer. There's a video about it, right? Oh, no one, no a, one's seen it. You don't, oh. you never post about it. There's a video. There's a video. You know, for a good, I sat on that video for like five years why? without ever sharing it. And then one time I did and people were like, why don't you post this all? This is super cool. Yeah. And I've just started coming around to it more. But yeah, literally five years, I would. I didn't, I don't know. I, I just, mean, Ken Griffey Jr. saw it and loved it. So I know. That's everyone what, loves that's it. What, yeah, I posted recently because mm -hmm. Ken Griffey was like, I saw this. This is awesome. And if Ken Griffey Jr. says it's awesome, you do it. then you just, you just. Then it's awesome. Then it's awesome. It's great. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to say Justin. Um, although. What? Ending my life one for one with a homer off of Justin. Is, is like, pretty good. And I've always said I will, I'm not facing him again. Oh, so then you can't face him because you already did. It, then it's Shohei Otani. Yeah. But <laughs> you don't want to strike out. <laughs> what about a homer in the World Series <laughs> off of him? That's a little bit cooler than a spring training that homer. That is. Uh, I'll say Justin. Okay. That's fair. On to our next Twitter question. 
This one comes from Brave Central. Will the Braves pitching staff hold them back when October rolls around? Mm. Uh, not the pitching staff. Uh, the pitching as a whole, I think there is some holes. Uh, the bullpen, specifically before you can get to Rysel Iglesias, I definitely think they could use some help there. I, I just think the rotation, the pitching staff needs to get healthy. You know, okay. I, I want to see Max Freed. When Max Freed's right, he's a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Um, and the reason I, I'm comfortable saying no in, in the playoffs and against the National League is because you look around and who who are the juggernauts in the National League that they're going to compete against? Let's just use the Dodgers as of right now. Their pitching's not, you know, like yeah. that's just going to be an offensive that series is going to be ridiculous. I mean, offensively. Oh yeah. I, I think the Braves starting pitching will be okay in the playoffs. I do think they need to add a bullpen arm to, to bridge that gap between the staff and Rysel Iglesias at the back end of the bullpen. But I do not believe it's to the point where it's going to hinder them and hold them back from what they want to get done. I think they're the best team in the national league right now. Yeah. Arguably the best team in baseball. They're the best team in baseball. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next Twitter question. This one comes from Colin. <laughs> if the Angels get a starter and another late bullpen arm and get healthy, you think they make the playoffs and shock the world and win the World Series and sign Otani <laughs> to a 10-year, $750 million contract? I don't see a world <laughs> in which that doesn't happen, actually. Uh, shout out. Colin Ballister, by the way, big leaguer, pitched in the big leagues for like five, six years. Um, I know him well. Great dude. Great question. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I would be shocked if this doesn't happen. You know, when was the last time things didn't fall perfectly into place for the Los Angeles Angels? Uh, 2002. Forever. No, every year it okay. doesn't fall perfectly into place. When they place. won the World Series. When they won the World yeah, Series was the last year that it did not yeah. not. That not, it did that not 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 go their way. It's the one year. It there went was their an way. easier way of saying that. Yeah. There's one, the last time it went their way. I could have stopped at one yeah. that it did not go their way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I made that way more, <laughs> way more confusing than I needed to, but great question, Colin. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked a lot about the angels lately as everybody has been. And it is, uh, they're in a precarious situation, if you will, mm. to say the least. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's going to be interesting. We're on Otani watch for the week. All right, on to our next Twitter question. This one comes from Correct Opinion Haver. Well, no point in even asking then. He knows the right answer. Nope. Which team season is Barbie and which team season is Oppenheimer? <laughs> Ooh. Alex, we talked about this, I think, on the Friday show last week. Did you see any of them? I haven't seen anything. No, I, not yet. I still haven't seen anything. But um, when I think Barbie, I think happy joyful, mm -hmm. having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Reds. Reds are a great answer for Barbie, I think. And, you know, if you skew it a little bit, red is pretty close to pink. It, yeah. Shades of red. Yeah. I would say orangey reds. Yeah. yeah. Close enough. Okay. Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, <laughs> this is a no brainer. Dark, not great things. Blowing up. Things blowing up right in your face, New York Mets. Yep. Has to be. <laughs> I mean, it has to be. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, to be fair, this is without me seeing any of the movies. I don't even know what Oppenheimer's about. Well, that's, the I know bomb. what Oppenheimer's about, obviously, yeah. but I haven't seen it. No, I, I know what it's about. Yeah. But I just haven't seen either. You know, just there's a world vibes. in which you say the Rays are like Oppenheimer because of Cillian or, yeah, Killian Murphy, Tyler Glass now, you know? They look at they're, they're the same person. Ah, okay. We'll go Reds and Mets. Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Last question. Okay. This one comes from Yotaro. How many years of Shohei's 2023 season would it take for him to be widely considered the GOAT? So if you've been listening to me over the last, I don't know, two years, <laughs> I'm very particular with my wording when it comes to Shohei, yeah. who I do consider the most talented player mm -hmm. to ever play the game. I don't, I don't often, I, it might've come out at some time during my loud outspoken outbursts about Shohei, but I don't often say greatest of yeah. all time because I believe this wholeheartedly in any sport to be considered the greatest longevity has to be involved, Yeah, right? You have to do it over an extended period of time. And this three year stretch specifically that Shohei is on I don't think is long enough to yet say greatest. I think, I think the greatest conversation comes about when you're talking like decade plus. I think Shohei is a different answer for that. I don't think he needs to. I think if he's doing what he's doing right now and since 2021 for another, I'll say if he's doing this specifically for another two years, I think he's the greatest of all time. So five. He has five, five total years MVP like style two way player seasons. Yeah. Right, I, I think right now, hands down, most talented player we have ever seen. Mm -hmm. But for him to, and I already think he's, I think he's one of the game's greatest. Yeah. But to be considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time in a sport where that, that question is honestly hard to do to begin with, because you can look to, to football, you look at the field general, the guy that holds the football the most, and you can point to Tom Brady, who won the most. In basketball, you can hold the ball every time down the court, and you can at least narrow it down to probably MJ and LeBron. Yep. In baseball, that conversation is all over the place. Like you could go Babe Ruth, and and you wouldn't be wrong, and you could say that's a terrible answer. And you know, it's like, how do we differentiate? And there's so many different answers to that question. But if Shohei does what he's doing for two more years and does what he's been doing since 2021 for half a decade, he will be the greatest player in the history of baseball. Fair. That's fair. Right. He's also playing like two positions. So you just put those together five and five. It's like, he's doing, it's like he's doing a decade. And that's how we're going to end this show. My <laughs> friends, Alex and I are going to discuss that logic <laughs> here in a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> makes perfect sense. It does. Uh, Thank that's you. the last question. That was, that was the last five? question. That was, that it. was great. Yeah. Was Thank great. you guys. Great fun episode. We have another one. Uh, if you're listening in the afternoon, this week in Shohei Otani news is out. If you're listening in the morning, this week in Shohei Otani news will be coming up in just a little while. A bit of a different one this week because again, we are exactly one week out from the trade deadline. Uh, our Fox Sports writers, all of them came together and put together trade proposals and where they could see Shohei landing. There are 12 of them. We are going to go through all of those and say whether they are right, whether they are wrong, whether it happens, whether it doesn't happen. And ultimately, will he 
go anywhere. And if you listen to the beginning of the show, you know I have my doubts. But Mm -hmm. we'll see if these trade proposals can sway me. This one has been a blast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Threads. And you can watch everything on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. That does it for this first Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. Until next time, my friends, peace.